welcome back to Just One Question. Gosh, this is a fall edition. I, I think this is almost officially the beginning of fall, so this is exciting. Um, and also a little strange. Back in March, we never thought we'd be here this long. Uh, but uh, as a sign of just how real this has become, I'm inviting back today one of my favorite people in the speaking biz, Andrea Dreesen, and she is a 20-year Speaker Bureau veteran. Uh, so what she doesn't know about Speaker Bureaus ain't worth knowing, uh, and we're going to get into uh, meetings and, and, and in a second. But she's also Chief Boredom Buster. Uh, thank God for that, because I've been bored in a few meetings, uh, just saying. And she's an author of a great book on meetings, and uh, she is a TEDx uh, vet. And, and Google her talk so you can see it. It's called Eulogies for the Living. Welcome, Andrea. How are you doing? Give us the 20 seconds on that, and then we'll jump into the question. Oh, you know, I'm, uh, as I like to say, my health is good. You know, these days that's not always a given. So in that respect, I'm good. Business is a little flat these days in meetings, as you might imagine, at least live meetings in person, not happening. But, uh, you know, just came off a of vacation. So that was uh, rare and wonderful. Excellent. Well done. And uh, that's, that's why you look so fresh and, and oh. eager and ready to go. Whereas, uh, by contrast, I'm looking like a, like a sad puppy today. But, you know, uh, it's, it's a lift to talk to you. All right. Let's get right into the, into the question. Um, you and I, the last time we, we spoke on just one question, we, we talked about the future of meetings and, and, mm -hmm. and we agreed to come back and focus on something that has been developing in this time, uh, which will not be all bad. We have to remember there's positive and interesting things, creative things going on, even even during this uh, pandemic. So uh, the, the question uh, to you is, the future of meetings is going to be some form of hybrid meeting. So some form of in-person, of course, we're never going to let go of that. We will figure out a way how to do that again. Uh, but then we're going to retain something, presumably, of the virtual that we've spent so much time in and that we've gotten comfortable with in a way we never thought we would. So talk to me, Andrea, about the future of the hybrid meeting. What do you see as working in that? What do you see as not working in that? What do you see as coming out of that that's going to be good? Sure, yeah. And just for definition, a hybrid meeting is, is a combination of live, in-person, plus a virtual component, for those of you not quite familiar yet with that term. We're good. going to see a lot more of it. I, I think life as we know it will be hybrid for maybe forever. I, I've been, mm. I looked at my crystal ball to get ready for today. <laughs> I it, love it. It, it, it. it doubles as a fit ball, but it's also a crystal ball. So we're mm. looking into that to see what the future holds. Um, I, I'm optimistic because I think hybrid is, is like have your cake and eat it too situation where mm. you, you get an opportunity to have a greater a bigger audience because there's no limit to geography as to who can join your meeting. So revenues can go up. That's a plus mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. um, there's more capacity for tracking metrics. Those are important for growing a meeting and knowing what went well, what didn't get engaged as well. Um, I see a downside though on the speaker side. Speakers, I think, need to be a lot more vigilant around IP clauses because and, mm. and video recording because it's kind of the wild west as to how readily 
meeting planners want to record and repurpose. So speakers need to be really aware of that and make sure that they're okay with either the vast use of their footage or they're going to have to build in some password protection or just not allow recording depending upon how they feel about their intellectual property. Yeah, I love that. Uh, that's a really important thing. One of the, one of the first uh, videos of me that went out on, uh, <clears throat> on YouTube was a, a speech I'd given, um, and I vaguely remember saying, yeah, sure, go ahead and film it. Um, and I never gave permission for it to be used publicly. And then for a long time, this was early days, early YouTube uh -huh. days, and uh, uh, that was the one thing you could Google and find about me. Um, and I particularly hated it because it involved me mispronouncing a word. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. So uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think there are some pluses there. Um, and, and people need to worry about IP and make sure they're very clear on what the use case, the use cases are going to be. They, they, what do you think of, and, and I warned you, I'd have a follow-up question or two. Uh, about one of the things I've been finding is that, uh, is that this is more like TV than theater, whereas Whereas keynote speaking is more like theater than TV. Uh, virtual speaking is more like TV than theater. And in, in TV, what you want are short little bits uh, and lots of changes uh, to keep you interested and fresh. Uh, and, and so uh, how do speakers need to think about this? Should they be collecting little video bits? And, and should, they be think, should the hybrid meeting be a mixture of live and prefab uh, that, that you can just pop in uh, little segments, video segments you can pop in? Or, or, or what's, you mentioned having it not recorded. And so if it weren't recorded, then, um, then it would all have to be live in that moment. So well, the uh, what's, speakers what's the mix? Yeah, a speaker segment may not, uh, to be clear, and we can go into detail at some other point, but mm. it, a speaker needs to decide to what extent do they want their footage to be repurposed. That's really mm. the, the key point here. But a key question I think folks can ask when they're when looking at designing a hybrid meeting and even experiencing one, it's, it's important that the formats be mixed up, uh, um, that they change on a frequent basis so that you're not just doing all of one thing for a long time. Uh, a question I like to pose is what are we going to do together in this online, in this online experience that can only be experienced online? Mm -hmm. And that raises the bar and allows us to create something really special for online. And indeed, in a mix of recorded and live is good because it, it breaks things up. Mm -hmm. um, we had an opportunity as a nation to watch the conventions recently, the Democratic and Republican conventions. And those are, that was a great case study in what works and what doesn't. And where do people engage and where do they not engage? So on the, at the same time, I think the fundamental um, fundamentals of meeting design still apply. That is, have a compelling reason to meet, design to those reasons, and then give them uh, an experience that leaves them wanting more. Wonderful. Yeah, I love that. Um, so one last, just one question. Um, imagine, <laughs> I can't resist. Uh, imagine yourself in the future, a year from now, however long it is, and, and you are actually sitting, that a happy day when you're actually sitting in a, in a convention space with other people and it's all safe and good. Um, mm. And the lights go down and the first uh, meeting, the first part of the meeting begins to happen. Um, and you're, you're, you're excited about being back together with other humans again, of course. Mm. Um, mm. What parts of the rest of the day are you thinking 
would do even better um, in some virtual way? Or what are the op what are the virtual opportunities in that when I'm there in the space that that are just going to enhance the meeting rather than feel like, uh, oh, that's just a virtual meeting. I'm going to answer that with a broad brushstroke um, right. that I think people can use to take away. If we don't, if we do something um, less well as event managers and as speakers, it's that we don't take big enough risks. And when in the hybrid or the face-to-face -face setting or when, when we're together in whatever form, the more we can try new things and allow it to be a little rougher on the edges, the more people are going to tune in, that they're going to pay attention, that they're going to engage. It's, it's an opportunity in virtual because there's more leeway for folks to, to try new things. And, and there's more forgiveness from the audience to allow things to be a, a, a little less polished. So mm -hmm. that way, the, the speakers in whatever format or whatever presentation is happening um, doesn't have to be perfect. And it can then be more authentic. And people want that. We're craving that sense of real uh, in these times. And, and we always have as humans, but sometimes it get lo gets lost when things are too polished. Yeah, br brilliant answer. I really like that because yes, absolutely. One of the things that's become clear during this pandemic is, mm -hmm. is the need for deep, authentic, real connection as, as we've missed yeah. out on the face-to-face. -face. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. We will still want that when we get back together face-to-face. Uh, -to -face. We, will we'll we will not want those those meetings to be trivial. So, uh, yeah. Andrea yeah. Dreesen, everybody, uh, I wish we could go on for another hour, but I did call this session the, the just one question, and I've already asked about three. So, thank you <laughs> so much for your time uh, and your insights. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. It's an honor to be on your show.